T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Well, I... uh. I thought this was going to be my podcast now, but I'm appear, still here. But it appears somebody uh, missed their uh, their golden chance. I'm still slumming it with you, buddy. Yeah, you got a uh, you got the golden ticket from uh, the <laughs> chocolate factory, and uh, what happened? So, still trash talk with Blind Mike. Welcome, folks. And that is uh, still full time producer Dan Watkins. Yes, I'm here. And my seeing eye man. Uh, I yeah, I'm still slumming it down here in the podcast world. I could have been a big time radio star. And, you know, we usually start this show by talking about the biggest asshole of the week. So I got to be fair. This week, I think the biggest asshole in media has got to be me. I, I, I think it's you. <laughs> Far and away. Yep. Uh, for anyone that listens to the Kirk and Callahan program, you know that because of the storm on Tuesday, uh, there was an absence. Tanger. Gary Tangway. Couldn't make it in. And I got I to gotta say, first of all, I guess the email he sent... To uh, Curtis and Ken, it's why I love Tangway. All it said was, "Boys, don't look for me." <laughs> Which, Boys, it's don't cla- look for me. It's classic Tangway, <laughs> and I love it. Um, but yeah, Tangway didn't Tangway. You know, the snow out there in uh, Rumford, Maine, or wherever he comes in from, is uh, was too much for him. He couldn't make it. So uh, K and C put the call out. Anyone in Boston media who wants a, an opportunity, come on in. I did not see that tweet. So you could say, Mike. You, didn't, you weren't on Twitter. Not really your fault. Well, hold on a second. Because I got a text from Cowboy Ken Laird. And uh, Ken Laird, along with Rob Bradford, they've done a lot for me. They helped me get this podcast, and they've helped me out with it a lot. So Ken Laird has been uh, my guardian angel. And he was looking out for me again that day, and he said, Hey, Mike, Tangway bailed. This is your opportunity. Come in for an hour tomorrow. And I look at my phone, <laughs> and I was in just utter disgust why because uh i was out in foxwoods right and you could say mike what are you gambling you can't take a night off of gambling no no i wasn't in foxwoods for a fun reason battling in the streets i work i have another job uh for intercom for eei they had an event down there at at intercom i mean at uh, at foxwoods rather that i had to be at uh the next morning that's why i was at foxwoods overnight on the front lines. On the front lines. I had to be up at, uh, the event started at like 7.30 in the morning, so I had to be up early for it. Now, I'm going to be honest. I think my bosses won't love to hear this. I would have gladly hightailed it out of there and skipped that event to be on Kirk and Callahan. I make, I don't think that's any secret. Obviously, that's a huge opportunity. I really think uh, I would have killed it. Or I would have embarrassed myself and and run myself out of the business. No in between. Well, one no in between. No it would have been one or the other. No in between. Because I would have taken a lot of big swings. So it would have been one or the other. Um, when you uh, when you texted me Monday night, you just sent me why, and <laughs> yeah. I was like, immediately my first thought is, oh, okay, this podcast is over. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> clearly, so, it's just been too much, and uh, it's it's done with. But no, I I, I feel for you, man. Um. So then you could say, Mike, why, well, if you're willing to miss the event, why don't you just drive back? Well, why don't of, you? For those of you, for those of you that are confused by the title, 
trash talk a media podcast with Blind Mike. Why do they call this poor guy Blind Mike? Well, it's because I'm actually blind, legally blind, but blind enough so that I don't have my license. So I myself don't drive. I've got uh, my two coworkers that were there with me. One's sick. It, it, sick as a dog, can't leave. And the other's just sort of a bum. So they're not going to drive me back. So now I'm looking, I'm exploring my options. And people are saying, why don't you just Uber? Well, I also make no money. Yeah. So I look at the amount. Yeah, 300 bucks. <laughs> I look at the amount that an Uber would cost from Foxwoods to Boston in a snowstorm. <laughs> and I simply, I honestly. I would have paid it, and I, I probably should have just paid it and, and asked questions later, but I didn't have that money even in my – it was an embarrassing – honestly, it, I've wanted to puke a lot of times. That I, Essentially, every time I've been to Foxwoods, I've wanted to vomit. Never for this sort of reason, though. Did you uh, look into dog and sled teams? <laughs> I looked into everything, and no one would take – no one – I couldn't find a soul to bring me. From the swamps of Connecticut, I have no, I have no friends that uh, give enough of a shit about me to do that. You didn't even ask. I mean, in a way, I did. You didn't. No, you didn't. You I did said. Not ask. You didn't. I, ask. I said, you know, it sucks that I can't get back. I really wish I could drive, Dan. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You're picking up what I'm putting down here. Yeah, and I couldn't either. I mean, there was a snowstorm. <laughs> it was a snowstorm. Uh, so I, I had, I had to respond to Ken Laird. I. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't make it. I, I'm not gonna. I'm stuck at. And then I, I said I'm stuck at Foxwood, so I'm sure he's thinking, oh, this fucking asshole. <laughs> he's out gambling on a Monday night, Probably so he can't come. Sounds here. perfect. <laughs> yeah. So then I, I wake up at six in the morning just to listen and see what they say. Did he going back to the Ken text? Did he ask yeah. you if you had Mutt with him with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and Mutt were boozing out at Foxwoods. Um, so the next morning I. Turn it on at six, and I have to listen to this, where they're talking about Tangway. They're talking about uh, some guy from Nesson that jokingly said he was going to come in, and then was like, "Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to venture the snow." And the and I uh, I forget if it was Kirk Kirk or Callahan said, "Does anyone in this city have any ambition anymore?" And it was a shot to the gut. I was sitting in my twenty fifth floor of the Fox Tower, just thinking, just. Just jump, you coward. Overlooking, just, over, <laughs> overlooking the Tanger outlets. Just, just end it. <laughs> but, but I stayed strong. Uh, I, I commiserated with John Farrell. We talked about our uh, our shared enemies that cover the Red Sox. Uh, just if you listen to my other podcast or follow me on Twitter, just think of who I hate that covers the Red Sox. Uh, Farrell, also not a big fan. So me and John, I take back anything ever negative I ever said about John Farrell. Great guy. Are you going to be leading the charge for John Farrell to get his job back? Yeah. When when now when when now when when seventy games this year, I'll say, hey, you know what, my my pal John wasn't so bad. Um, so that helped uh, the suicide watch, and then we ventured we ventured back through the snow. So I, I'm seeing this bad weather again, two days in a row, and I send the old text out to Ken Laird. I go, hey, if you need anyone. <laughs> Just, I'll, I'm I'm on my way back to Brighton. No response. He was like, hey, we're done with you now. <laughs> and you blew it. Uh, Minahan said at one point, he goes, hey, if you miss this one, uh, and it really, I'm sure he wasn't talking to me. I'm sure he didn't even know I was asked. Probably above his, uh, over his uh, over his head. Doesn't know about that kind of stuff. Or under his head. Whatever the, I don't know what I'm saying. But <laughs> um, it felt like he was talking to me when he said, hey, if you miss this one, that's it. You're done. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> so all I can hope is that Tangway bails on the last second again, which if I know my man Gary, 
He'll do that. Yeah, they're saying another storm possibly coming in this week. That's all I can hope for. Hopefully yeah. Gary's booked because God knows he ain't showing up Yeah, in that kind of weather. So hopefully, hopefully we get another, another uh, horrible bout of weather again and they come crawling back to me because I swear I won't leave the state for the next five years. <laughs> I swear to God. I, I I really fucked up, and I was I was nauseous over it. I was sick, uh, but yeah, I'm an idiot, and I I, I in hindsight maybe I should have just done maybe I should have just walked, <laughs> thumbed for a ride, because uh, it's it's a rough one to come back from if would, you get an opportunity like that. Because I would have crushed it. I honestly believe that. Would I would have been. Would you have uh, sold yourself? Oh, without a doubt. Okay, that's no problem. Yeah. I have no morals when it comes to that. All right, just making <laughs> area. Sure. No, yeah, just, just making sure. Undoubtedly. And I, and Fo- at Foxwood, you were around the right crowd for that. So. Yeah, absolutely, you could have gotten a ride back here. Yeah. I don't think you tried hard enough. Uh, I mean, that's how it feels in hindsight. <laughs> that's how it feels. Uh, and I would have crushed it. I would have been better than Gilroy and Ty Anderson. That's all I'm saying. But uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, opportunity comes knocking again. Um, but we'll see. So all I have now is to do this podcast. I mean, I mean, this great podcast that I love doing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Keep keep crushing it here is all I is all I have left now. So people, uh, you know, keep subscribing on iTunes and uh, give us the old five star rating, please. I need it. Uh, so speaking of assholes, I'm the biggest asshole this week. But there was a a bigger asshole that presented himself a, a few weeks ago. The former now president of uh, ESPN, John Skipper. And uh, the, you know, uh, I think the president of ESPN. Dan, is hold, hold on, resigned. Dan. Um, and sent out a statement. Yeah, Dan, I'm getting and, to that. Uh, I'm sorry. Please, Dan, get a, get a hold I, of yourself. Um, Jesus. I just want to know that he's okay. He's good. Um, Dan, he's fine. Now, I, I'm just trying to tell the story here. Take he your got time, a, buddy. Yeah. Um, Stu Gatz, don't interrupt me, please. So, I'm I'm just learning this now, okay? Dan, it happened this a while. Is a, Jesus, Dan, um, get yourself together. Be a man, he's, Dan. This is the reason that I work here. Um. Dan, can I just get a few and words? So I don't know what's coming. I don't know what this. I don't know what this is. But um, I'm going he's to turn in his re- resignation. He sent it to everybody at ESPN through all all the email accounts, and he said, "I'd like to share a statement I'm issuing today, as well as one from Bob Iger. It has been my absolute privilege to serve as president of ESPN." Yeah, Dan, I'm trying to explain to you. The reason John Skipper left was, uh, you know, substance abuse. I, and a lot of people said that was kind of a phony thing at the time, just to push him out. <laughs> apparently, it's not. Uh, apparently, it is very real. Because a lot of people thought it was, you know, just say he's got a problem with alcohol. That'll be a nice way for him. Oh, no. Apparently, uh, you know, when you look at why why does Jamel Hill have it? Why are Jamel Hill and Michael Smith on the set? Why does Jess Mendoza have a job? Well, apparently, because in the back offices of ESPN. Oh. We, you know, you know, it'd be awesome if we had a fucking, if we had a, uh, let, let's, all right, Sunday Night Baseball, we're going to, uh, we're going to put a softball player in there. John, that doesn't make any, no, it's going to be, it's going to be tremendous, it's going to be awesome, it's going to be awesome. And you know what? <laughs> let's have Aaron Boone imitate batting stances. Oh, it's going to be so funny. Boondoggle will call it, you get it? Yep. No, no, Dan, John, we don't, we don't get it at all. No, it's, it's wicked funny. He'll do, it's his, he'll do one from each team. <laughs> it's his name, it's his name and a word combined. Do you, you don't get it? Oh, it's going to be awesome. Now we know why that's happening. Because uh, a little of the nose candy going on in those ESPN offices. You know what, Mike? It's about time something broke Thursday morning 
before we did this podcast. Finally. Finally. Like 20 minutes before yep. we came in here. Yep. Thursday morning at about 9 a.m. So let's hear the let's let's hear a summary of what so, uh, James Andrew Miller did a about like a two week interview. I'm guessing through text or uh, with John Skipper. Well, he I believe Holly, he, he was Reporter. doing he was doing a series on I believe it's the same guy that was doing a series on kind of the history of ESPN. So right. that must that must have led him to looking into John Skipper. But anyway, so he he gets he does get a sit down with with uh, with Skipper. And he starts it off by saying on December 18th, 2017, John Skipper suddenly resigned as the president of ESPN and co-chairman of Disney Media Networks, citing his desire to seek treatment for what he called a substance addiction. The announcement shocked employees at ESPN and its parent <gasps> company and was met with disbelief and confusion throughout the sports, me- sports and media worlds. So we go in here, they start talking, and there's the full text you know, between the two of them here. So everything's recorded. Uh Miller says, in your recent resignation statement, you wrote, I have struggled for many years with a substance addiction. I have decided that the most important thing I can do right now is to take care of my problem. Do you feel like you've done that or at least begun the process? Uh, Skipper says he did get some therapy. He went through treatment. He thought the best, uh, best thing was to check himself into a facility so he was able to understand a bit more about substance abuse and huh. to think about how it intersected with his life. So they start asking about the nature of substance abuse. He... Uh, so Skipper says, the statement I released was accurate. I had a substance abuse problem. I grew up wanting to be countercultural. I worked at Rolling <laughs> well, Stone. mission accomplished. <laughs> I worked at Rolling Stone for the first 10 years of my professional life. I had a point of view that recreational drugs were recreational and that they weren't dangerous, that they could be used without repercussions. So Miller says, we're not talking about alcohol. He says, no. Oh, no. Skipper says, no, I've been a social drinker, drinker my whole life. I enjoy a martini. Uh, I enjoy a bottle of wine with friends for dinner. I've never had an issue with alcohol. You know, I'm an old hippie. And then an old <laughs> New Yorker from the 80s. So Miller says, am I safe to assume that your substance addiction was cocaine? Yeah, man. Just whatever. Who cares? Skipper, it'd be safe to assume that. Miller, any heroin? Skipper, never. No. Opioids? Well, I don't use opioids. I have never put a needle in my arm. I'm not interest, in, interested in fentanyl. Did your cocaine use ever get in the way of your work? Now, this is this is the important part. Okay. Never. At ESPN, I did not use at work, nor with anyone at work, or anyone I did business with. I never allowed it to interfere with my work, uh, other than a missed plane and a few canceled morning appointments. <laughs> that kind of sounds like it interfered with. I a little bit. Uh, I've never been a daily user. My... Uh, my use over the past two decades has been, in fact, quite infrequent. I judged that I did a very good job oh, yeah. and that it did not get in the way of my work. I worked hard. I worked smart. I worked all the time. It's so infrequent that I quit my job. That's, so that sounds, I've, uh, I've dealt, my best friend in uh, high school uh, was, was a horrible addict. And uh, you see, like, kind of the excuses they make, and that's what it was. Well, you know, I never did heroin. <laughs> it's like, oh. Okay, good for you, I guess. And, and then it's like, well, you know, it never, it never really. I only, I only missed a few appointments and one flight, and and then when you really look into it, it's uh, you know, three thousand appointments you missed. It, they, they have a way of, uh, you know, circumnavigating the truth. So now they get into talking about that Friday when he resigned. Uh, Miller says, since that Friday was so significant, can you unpack it for us, please? Skipper, I understand why you need to ask that question, but I'm not sure how much I want to want to get into that, Jim. <laughs> 
Miller fires right back. Well, John, with all due respect, I'm a bit confused. There seems to be a big piece missing to this story. I'm looking at my notes. First, you share that you were an infrequent user of cocaine, something that could be true of others in the entertainment and media business. I'm not an expert in this area, but I'm not sure someone would even call that an addiction. Right. Second, you've stated categorically that your use never got in the way of your work. And third, you've admitted that on days leading up to your decision to resign, you had no thoughts of resigning. None of that seems to explain why you reached the decision you had to resign. I know this is difficult, John. I hope you understand why I'm pushing in a bit here. Skipper then releases this. In December, someone from who I bought cocaine attempted to extort me. Sure. Someone that he had never met before or bought from before. (laughs) Now... So uh, Miller asks again, again, respectfully, didn't you just say you were careful about your dealings in this area? And that it never affected his work. Yeah. Skipper, not this time. It turned <laughs> out I wasn't careful this time. So he asked, what did they say? They threatened me. I understand immediately that the threat had put on me and my family at risk. And this exposure would put my professional life at risk as well. I foreclosed at the possibility by disclosing the details to my family. And then when I discussed it with Bob Iger, he and I agreed that I had placed the company in an unattainable position. And as a result, I should resign. So that's, again, the addict thing where it's like, it's never affected my work. It's like, well, what about this obvious extortion? Yeah, I, just, I just missed well, a few Okay, meetings. yeah, yeah, that one time it affected my work. Slept in. And then I'm sure if you did any digging, you'd see, well, what about this time? And they'd be like, okay, fine, twice. <laughs> you know? And the idea that it was the the use was so infrequent, but he was going to allow someone to extort him, I don't understand that. Because you would think, especially uh, a business as progressive and forward-thinking as ESPN, if he said, hey, this guy is going to extort me, I want to be up front with you guys, I, I, I've used cocaine a few times, here and there. Um, I'll go to rehab, I'll get out in front of this, whatever I need to do. Uh, I don't think it's ever affected my job, and it won't in the future. ESPN would love that <laughs> because they'd say, "All right, let's make a statement." Dan Lebetard can cry again for you. Everyone can, you know, the 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 crocodile tears will come out, and everyone say, "What a great man John Skipper is." The, and uh, the president of ESPN. Dan, enough. Dying. We talked about uh, it already. Dan, please. Uh, you know, so they could have gotten out of fr- out in front of this very easily if it really wasn't a problem. What I suspect is, and what it seems like uh, James Andrew Miller also suspected, is that it was indeed a problem. And uh, that's why, you know, you had some of the decisions made, some of the conflicting decisions uh, that never quite added up to me. Where it was almost like, you know, so I I, I talked about when he hired uh, Jess Mendoza and Jamel Hill. But then he kind of, you know, when he was coming down, he said, uh, all right, let's just, uh, let's throw Sean McDonough on Monday Night Football. Like Dan, a white, a white guy, a white guy who's qualified for the job. Yeah, just yeah. Let's uh, let's throw him in there. That's fine. <laughs> and then, you know, he'll do something else crazy, like uh, uh, a Bomani Jones show, or a, or Dan Lebertard himself. Give Dan Lebertard a show. By the way, Dan Lebertard seems to only cry for guys horribly addicted to cocaine. Is that the only one? Because <laughs> uh, uh, Jose Fernandez was the other one. Yeah, yeah. And that was a co-confused I think there's a little bit of that in his system, too. Well, we can't say that. But who knows? (laughs) Um, But yeah, Dan Dan Levitard, uh, very broken up about John Skipper, as we all are, I think. Because, you know, anyone that only does coke a few times and has to resign from their job, that is sad. If if that's the truth, you know what? I'll cry for the guy. Because that is sad. If you use coke, you know, once a year and, and you have to resign from your job because of it, that is tragic. Uh, however, I suspect 
Uh, that's not the case. You, I don't think you get extorted if you use Coke once. Um, I did Molly three times in college. You rebel. I know. Pretty cool. I'm a pretty cool guy. Uh, so I don't think if anyone witnessed me do that, which people did, I don't think anyone could cut now come to my uh, employer years later and say, you know, I, I witnessed him do this. <laughs> it would be like, well, okay, that was in college. Are you? Could, could we drug test you? Yeah, sure. I, I haven't used drugs in many years. So that wouldn't be a problem. I don't, it's, it's very weird. I don't understand the extortion thing uh, if you're not using. It's bizarre to me. So I imagine this guy had some real dirt, and that's why John Skipper resigned. I assume probably not pictures, because I think if you're going to extort someone, those eventually would have been sold to TMZ. Right. But the, but the guy had something for sure, something some hard evidence. Because you're not just going to believe some rogue drug dealer, right? If you're ESPN, some random guy selling coke, that says, yeah, I sold John Skipper cocaine. You're not going to believe that. So obviously there's something there. I think you see why uh, ESPN has had such a weird line of decision-making over the last few years. And now uh, the new president has said some things. He said, uh, we are not a political organization, which is a bizarre statement because they've made a lot of their decisions based on politics. They only hire people of a certain ideology. Um, They only... You know, they, they make specific hires in order to appease certain groups. I think it's very a very political organization. Now, if you say we never want to talk politics, that's fine. But I think, you know, you could be viewed as hypocrites with all the Trump stuff that has been mixed in to ESPN the last couple of years. So I don't get that statement from the new guy saying we're not a political organization. Or I get it. They're, they're lying. <laughs> so I do understand. it. They're just you know, telling a lie. Um, so what, well, the other thing that baffles me with ESPN, I don't know if you saw this, Dan, apparently the, the bond between the NFL and ESPN is soured. Has it? Because, because from, from ESPN's side, they're tired of being treated like a second rate, uh, network. They don't like that ESPN gets the, the shit game every week. Monday Night Football has become essentially Thursday Night Football earlier in the week. It's a garbage game every week. ESPN doesn't like that. Uh, They wanted, you know, when they got, when they paid all that money for uh, Monday Night Football, it was Sunday Night Football. And I think that's what they thought they were paying for. It was the best game of the week. Right. Uh, But because it's on cable... Which it's odd. It's so odd to me that in 2018 they still have this thinking, but because it's on cable, it's different than NBC. I mean, are are there really still households out there with that only that don't have ESPN that only have channels like one through thirteen? No, no. That's why it doesn't make any sense to me that like network. It's like ooh, network is where the money is. I've I I can't wrap my mind. They have a bigger budget, but even that I don't I don't understand because you know you would think, and I guess the numbers prove it right. Because more people watch twenty them. million people watch the Big Bang Theory and six million people watch The Walking Dead. You know what I mean? So I, I the, the numbers are there to prove it, but it's never made any sense to me how that works out. And I think it's because the Nielsen ratings are so flawed. Like it's only based on you know, fifty thousand homes or whatever it is. Right. It doesn't make any sense. It, it, it can't be right. The mathematics don't work out in my mind. But 
either way, ESPN said from ESPN's side, they're like, hey, we don't want to be a, a, a second class network just because we're cable and the others are, are broadcast networks. From ESPN's side, this is what baffled me. I'm, I'm sorry, from the NFL side, this is what baffled me. The NFL said they don't like the journalism coming out of ESPN and pointed to stories from outside the lines and things and, and uh, st- th- where they've talked about Goodell's uh, contract. And it's like, really? That's ESPN has been a shill for the NFL. I mean, just look at Deflategate. I mean, outside of the Patriots stories. Even even outside of the, even outside of the Patriots story. That's what they don't like. Well, that that was another thing they named was the uh, Wickersham article. They didn't like that coming out of ESPN, and it's like wh- well, a lot of, a lot of that's starting to seem like it's true. If you, a lot of it <laughs> seems very true. If you uh, that's a, we could do a whole different podcast on that. So it's <laughs> so it's good reporting, I think, and I worry now because uh, with all that talk of. ESPN and the NFL possibly coming to a separation down the road. Uh, Netflix said, we are not doing any live programming. We're not doing sports. We're not doing news uh, because we don't want to have ads. And that worries me because, first of all, it's a lie because eventually they're going to have ads. Because if you look at Hulu, Hulu is also a paid service. That's their direct competitor. They're also a paid service that has advertising. And Hulu will, if Netflix isn't going to do it, Hulu will take the NFL or baseball. What's shocking is baseball was the first one to jump on this. They're doing like 25 games on YouTube TV this year or something like that. Yeah, last year they did the game of the day every or day. Facebook. I think it's being on, on Facebook. It was Yahoo last year. It's, it's YouTube or Facebook. I forget which for baseball this year. Uh, that there's about 25 games exclusively on. So I, I, I don't know. If maybe your local market you'll be able to get it. But out, outside of there, you can only get it on uh, Facebook, I think it was actually. And I think they also signed a deal with YouTube. I'm talking about my ass at this point. But Isn't uh, that the entire sh- podcast? Yeah, that's all it is. Essentially, it, it shocked me that baseball was the first one to jump on this. Well, not I mean, NFL, the NFL has done stuff on Twitter and Yahoo. Oh yeah, that crap. But Thank God, it's the London games. Yeah, and but but what the fact that it was Yahoo made it suck, right? Because it was a lot more difficult. But if it was YouTube or the Twitter games, I think came out decent. If I remember some of the Thursday night, I think I watched Pat's Texans two years ago on the Twitter. Well, the problem with uh, that is, feed. can you can you cast? Oh yeah, you can cast Twitter to your television, right? I'm sure. So as, lo- as long as you can cast it to the TV, it doesn't matter. HDMI. As long as you can do that, it doesn't matter. So, why Netflix wouldn't jump on that is is baffling to me. But so here's the reason I brought that up is because I think this is the road we're going down. You look at the Tom versus Time thing, and you look at uh, you know the Players Tribune. Uh, Kevin Love wrote an article on there recently about his mental state. So you have these things where players are making documentaries and writing articles on themselves. So there's no opposing side and i think the fact that espn of all places espn has become the softest network ask bill simmons who got suspended for barely criticizing goodell they've become the softest network and the fact that they're catching shit from the nfl for being too hard on the league that's that should be worrisome to everyone so the road i think we're going down is that the NFL Network eventually gets all the games and has their own chan- you know, uh, 
Sunday ticket type style where they broadcast all 16 games on different channels and baseball controls all their games and the NBA controls all their games. So from all these networks, you're only getting their side, um, which in a way is dangerous. But even now that I, as I'm saying it, it may be the revitalization of actual journalism because I think that may also bring back if ESPN and uh, NBC and Fox, if they're not allowed to have any games 20 years down the road, that may bring back real journalism where they they have no ties to the NFL. So they'll say, fuck it, we're going to report everything is real. We're going to report all the concussion stuff. We're going to report all the domestic violence stuff because we have no ties to you anymore. You don't control us. So it could be a good or bad thing. It could be where now the players are going to control the narrative and the league is going to control the narrative. Or it may be the uh, return of journalism. Who knows? I guess we'll see. But just the fact that uh, John Skipper and the boys even <laughs> got flack, and they uh, they got rid of Sean McDonough officially, and they're bringing in uh, what's the guy's name? The the new the new Monday football guy. I don't even. I know. can't say his name. Uh, Sterato- something ridiculous. Sterator, not <laughs> not the rough. No, <laughs> not Gene. Yeah, G- yeah, Gene Sterator is is doing games. Not bad. And then they're and then they're talking about uh, bringing in Joe Thomas. And there's a weird thing where it's like anytime a guy who's like kind of outspoken on Twitter, they're like that. That's the guy. He'll be great. And it's like, well, I'll give him a year. What about uh? What about Joe Theismann? He used to be on Monday Night Football. Joe Theismann would be uh, good, and yeah. I like I like him because he brings a very uh, sexual vibe. He does. He um. Now, Mike, have you ever mixed up uh, a phrase? You know, like an old saying, like sure. a, like you know, a tough pill to swallow. I probably did it six or, times on this or on this be, very podcast today. You know, a tough nut to crack. Yeah, we're maybe like talking about shelling out some money. Let's hear it. So, as you know, I'm sure most of our listeners know, Kirk Cousins signed a monster deal with the Vikings. Right, three years, eighty-two million dollars, fully guaranteed. guaranteed. That's yeah, insane. Fully guaranteed. Absolutely nuts. But so he left the Redskins after they had already traded for Alex Smith, and uh, Joe Theismann seems to think that. Dan uh, Dan Snyder, the owner, would have had a tough time paying for that. And let's uh, let's see what old how he Joe. describes it. Yep, you know, Kirk's deal is what it is. I mean, it, it played out the way he wanted it to. He's had a football team that wanted him. Sure, Not sure. the Redskins didn't want him, but I think it would have been a big nut to swallow. <laughs> would it, Joe? Yep. yep. <laughs> it would have been a salty load to swallow. It would have been. Would've it would have been rough. Would have been tough. It would have been rough in the back of your throat. It would have I mean, been 82, 82 mil. That's a big one. <laughs> it definitely is. Um, and yeah, yeah uh, you know, also, when I think sexuality in the broadcast booth, I think of uh, Pierre Maguire Pierre, as well. Pierre Maguire. So uh, I like, I, you know, John Skipper's at a rough time. And, you know, whatever I say about the guy, I think he's made a lot of bad decisions, but I, uh, I hope he gets himself well. Uh, but, you know. I want to end on a light note here. Not everything is doom and gloom in broadcasting. Some guys are able to be very virile and sexual in the broadcast booth. And when I think of that, I think of Pierre Maguire. Yeah, Pierre was uh, in between the benches, as he usually is, on Wednesday night rivalry night. And this was uh, last night, March 14th, between the Rangers and the Penguins. And he had uh, Susan Sarandon, who's a huge Ranger fan. Sure. Helping, uh, like I think last week they did. They had Michael Kendricks from the Eagles in when they were in Philly, trying to spice up the broadcasts a little bit. All right, and so they brought Susan Sarandon in, and um, yes, a hot sixty-five-year-old yes. Susan Sarandon. And uh, Pierre, you know, he started asking her if he if she did anything to help recruit Jimmy VC, the local Boston kid, to the Rangers a couple of years ago. And uh, let's hear let's hear what Pierre had to say. 
question. You know, when you were in Bull Durham, you were really good at working with young players. Now, I want to ask you about this. Is this a little recruiting advantage in 2016? <laughs> were you doing something with Jimmy Vc to try to get him to become a New York Ranger? Did it work? It sure did. Well, there you go. Veteran experience. Mike Milbury just talked about the veterans around the league. The Rangers got to keep you around to bring in some more veterans. It's all about young guys. It's all about the <laughs> so, Hey, uh, hey, 65-year-old respected actress. Did you have sex with any of the players yeah, did, to get them to come in? <laughs> did you, if, you, if, you, if you haven't seen Bull Durham, Susan Sarandon uh, slept with the majority of the team. So when he says you, uh, you did some help with young players, yeah, <laughs> she used to bang them. <laughs> Now, Susan Sarandon, even five, ten years ago, I, I would have. I'm, I'm a Susan Sarandon guy. Not old, now. Old golf ball eyes. She's, uh, she's, got, she's got a little over the hill now, I would say. But I mean, for her age, good looking lady. But Jesus Christ, <laughs> Pierre. <laughs> Keep it in your pants, my man. But, you know, uh, Matt, Tony Maz would have loved that. He would have giggled his ass off at that. But here, you know, keep it in your pants, Pierre, for God's sake. She's a, respect, a respected woman in this industry. Um, so that's, uh, what do we have for time, Daniel? A little over a half hour. Oh, Jesus Christ, I yammered on for that long? All right, that's enough of me. Um, pray for me. Pray I get another chance on Kirk and Callahan. And uh, hopefully your prayers will be answered someday, maybe over the summer. Who knows? Uh, and until then, subscribe to Trash Talk. Show them uh, that you love this podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Uh, if you're looking for the show, it's also on WEI.com and the WEI app. And uh, I'll tweet it out at BlindMike underscore. Dan tweets it out at DYD93. Yes, sir. So you can follow us as well. And uh, until next time, see you later. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 